Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Faith Lutheran Church. My name is Candace Wassell. I'm the pastor here at Faith. It is such a joy to have you visit with us. You are welcome, so welcome in every part of Faith's community. You are welcome to join us in person at worship on Sundays. You're welcome to visit us online. You're welcome in our mission and our fellowship, and most important, you are welcome at the Lord's table. These are the readings for Sunday, May 2nd, 2021. The first reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go towards the south, to the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official from the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, and was returning home, seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran to it, and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, Do you understand what you are reading? He replied, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of Scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with his, this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and he was passing through the region. He proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. The second reading is from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice of our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, 
and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the Lord. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God, and hate their brothers or sisters, are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this, those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. The Gospel comes from John chapter 15 verses 1 through 8. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes and makes it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. grace to you and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I just realized that my dad always told me that he named me Candace after Candace Bergen, but it says right here in the Bible that I'm named after a queen. So just wanted to get that out there, make sure everybody's got that clear. So Jesus was always thinking ahead to the cross in John's gospel. Everything that he says in John's gospel, for the most part, when it's metaphorical, when it's predictive, it is about the cross. And he's always trying to prepare his disciples for that strange and confusing moment when God will somehow be most thoroughly at work in bringing about salvation through Jesus' death and resurrection. And in this extended metaphor that I just read to you from John's gospel about vines and branches, Jesus is giving his disciples a framework for how to understand what's going to happen on the cross. 
Jesus is saying that he is going to be killed and cast aside as if he is a lost and condemned sinner. That's what it's going to look like. He is going to look like one of those branches that's disconnected from God, who does not bear fruit and is thrown in the fire. But pay attention, disciples, because in three days, God will raise me up, and the world will see that I am, in fact, the true vine. And what's more, you who abide in me will be raised up too and bear much fruit. That's what Jesus is up to with disciples in this text. And we read this text and others like it out of kind of order during the great 50 days of Easter because we need to pay attention too. The season of Easter pushes us to pay attention to signs of the resurrection for these 50 days. Not just this one Sunday, but for all these Sundays. We're supposed to be looking for signs of the resurrection, not just eternally, but in the here and now. The six days after Easter morning tell us to pay attention and notice how new life springs forth from those who abide in Jesus. You'll see it, Jesus says to us today, in the fruit my people bear in their lives. And the truth is, Jesus is saying, you can't help but bear fruit when you abide in me. You will have no choice. If you're dwelling in my word, if you're trusting my ways to be your ways, fruit will come. Pay attention, this Easter season says, and you'll see signs of that fruit bearing in your lives, and it will be a sign for you of the resurrection, that life is not conquered by death. It puts me in mind of my neighbors, who for reasons of their privacy, I'll call Tim and Eunice Peterson. Well, that's what they get for living behind me. I mean, it's, you know, it's their own fault. Anyway, put me in mind of this little, this little guy. I mean, just this little, I can't, you can't, probably can't see those numbers, but it's just the tiniest little red oak tree about this big. And this is a picture they took just a couple of days ago after they transported, or transplanted rather, this little red oak into the ravine behind our house. They found this little guy in, in their greenhouse. They have this tiny little greenhouse that they grow herbs in all winter. And they found him in there, and they said he must have gotten in there by accident as an acorn. And I was impressed, actually, with their ability to realize that this little thing growing in their greenhouse was a tree and not a weed. I was impressed with their ability to pay attention to how, how these little green things are sprouting up and how intentional they were with protecting and nurturing them. And I, as, as I, a few days later, was pulling weeds out of the rock bed in my yard, it occurred to me how many trees I must have murdered over the course of all these years. I have never noticed that any of them were special and weren't just weeds. And I wondered how many trees I might have been able to transplant into the ravine and seen grown big and strong. And of course, these thoughts didn't stop me from weeding. I just carried on. <laughs> Somewhat heartless, I guess. Um, but they did make me think about the importance of paying attention, and it does make me think about the eunuch from our first reading. And one wonders if the eunuch would have been baptized that day had Philip not shown up and paid attention to him. The eunuch 
was experiencing a crisis in faith. I don't know if you noticed that from the reading. He's doing all the right things, the text says. He's reading the scriptures. He's just attended worship. But things are still not connecting. He's got the religion, but not the relationship. And I know that there are some of us who've been there. When you're doing the things you're supposed to do, when you're reading the things you're supposed to read, when you're praying the way you're supposed to pray, but when you hear Jesus say things like, I am the vine, you are the branches, it doesn't bring you any extra comfort. It doesn't feel like it's taking root, these words. It doesn't make you feel like you have a deeper connection to God. There have been times in my life when I don't feel like my faith has deep roots, let alone that I am a branch connected to some greater purpose. That's where the eunuch's at. But it's also precisely at that moment in the depths of his faith crisis that the Holy Spirit gets to work and sends Philip and says, Philip, get in that chariot. Pay attention to that guy. The Holy Spirit sends him to listen to the, what the eunuch is reading. That's what he does when he first shows up. He just listens. And he asks some questions about it only after he's done. The Holy Spirit sends him to ride with this guy, to, to listen, to, to teach, to pay attention, and to nurture this tiny little speck of new green life that is just barely hanging on in this man's heart. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asks him. To which the eunuch says, well, how can I unless someone guides me? What would have happened if Philip hadn't gotten in that chariot? And that chariot just kept on going to the drive. If you remember what it said in that, that reading, the eunuch was on his way back to the queen's court in Ethiopia to be surrounded by a culture that finds no value in little green things and is only after the gold this man's in charge of counting. What would have happened? You wonder how quickly and carelessly that tiny emerging faith would have been plucked out were it not for Philip and the bit of attention he gives to the details of one man's life. Now, to the second part of my story about those pesky neighbors and their little oak tree. I asked, I asked, how did you guys know that this was an oak tree in their greenhouse? And and not a weed, and they pointed to this tree, which was right next, do you see their little greenhouse there, that little tiny house? This, this tree, this little oak tree sprouted up next to their greenhouse some 12 years ago, this exact size. They happened upon it in the backyard all those years ago, and they took care not to let anything happen to it. They moved things out of its way, they put a little barrier around it, and. There it is, all these years later, this, this mighty oak tree. So they knew that that little guy that they had found in their greenhouse was what it was, and it was needed to be transplanted into the ravine because they had seen it before, and they knew what it would become, and this was like a habit for them, paying attention to little green things in their yard that might have potential. That's what the 50 days of Easter are trying to do to us. That's what these texts are trying to do to us. They are trying to create in us the habit of paying attention to signs of resurrection in each other. Look for signs that God is cultivating new life in your brother or sister and get in that chariot with him. 
That's what the text is saying. Talk to them, guide them, pay attention to them. They are vines. God is pruning and shaping. Now, what does that look like to be in the habit of paying attention? I have two little stories in mind. I was thinking about that little library box out in the PYC sensory garden. If you get a chance on your way out of worship, stop by there and look at this little, little library. It was made by one of Faith's young people, Lily Knapp, and she placed it there some months back. It, it's a girl scouting project. We have scouting projects all over this building. And she worked on it with her grandpa, and when it was time to dedicate it, she gathered all kinds of us around, and she shared a little about it. She thanked everyone who helped her, her parents and her grandparents. But among those people she invited and thanked were her preschool teachers. The preschool teachers who had taught her here about all kinds of things, including Jesus. This is a freshman in high school, and she thanked the, woman, the women who had taught her in our preschool program at Faith. And I thought about this this past week when an older young woman in her 30s now was talking to me about growing up in this area. She'd come back in town for a funeral we were having here. And she told me a story about coming here to one of our preschool programs. And she remembered how Miss Ani would hold her when she cried and made her feel better. And and her little children, she has three little children under the age of eight now, were at the funeral we had for our brother Ken Swanson, and they were perfect angels during the worship service. Not that children have to be. And after the service, I knelt down, and I told these three little ones how impressed I was that they were so good in church. And the big brother of the group, who's, you know, protectively trying to wrangle these little sisters he's got, says, we go to church all the time at home. We love it. It seems like maybe preschool teachers at faith have something to do with paying attention to these little people and the faith that it creates in them. Now, here's the point. Here is the point I'm trying to make. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. God is at work pruning those branches, and we are all somehow a part of that holy work. We are all somehow caught up in this business. And you can see the fruits of attention we give to nurturing one another's faith in the children we cradle here and the adults that they become. It is resurrection. It is signs of life that spring forth from those who abide in Jesus. So my point is this. Let there be no wasted moments among us. Let us spare no detail in paying attention to each other because there are brothers and sisters among us, young and old, whose faith is fragile. Those among us riding alone in crisis with questions about how God is possibly at work in their lives and who feel close to being plucked out of the vine by this world. Let it not be so among us. Let these 50 days get us in the habit of paying attention and bringing the hope of resurrection to those who need it here and now among us. Thanks be to God for the vine. We are the branches. Amen.
The most valuable message we have to share at Faith is the promise we have in Jesus. We come together every Sunday to share this good news in the reading of Scripture and sharing of Holy Communion. It is these two acts of worship that we learn of the forgiveness, peace, and joy that Jesus has won for us on the cross. These gifts also belong to you, and we hope you will feel welcome to receive them. After we've shared worship together, we trust that we are ready to be sent out into the world to serve our neighbor, and you're welcome to join us in that great work as well. There are so many opportunities at Faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. It's what we feel called to do. It's what we're passionate about. Above all, I want to encourage you in your faith. No matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, you are welcome to visit faith as often as you are able. But whatever you do, keep searching. There is a church family set aside just for you, and I trust the Holy Spirit will place you right where you need to be.